Seekers, Happy New Year. This is our 10th episode, so it's safe to say that you're all really impressed with how far the show has come. You don't even need to tell me. I already know. This is also our first episode of 2020, and I'm very excited to announce we've got a bunch more episodes coming your way real soon. The best way to keep up with the show is to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and also follow us on Instagram at Redefining Records. So I've actually got a New Year's challenge for all of you. If you're listening to this episode, or if you listen to just a couple of the past episodes, purely based off the person you know as the guest, then that's great. But I also challenge you to go listen to another episode with a guest that is seemingly completely random to you, that you've never heard of, and discover some new music. I think everybody who's been on the show as a guest is super talented and has made cool shit, and you'll be happy you checked it out. Like many of you listeners, I was at NAMM this past weekend. Uh, the whole music industry was there. I had a ton of fun, and I wanted to give a shout-out to a couple of my favorite booths at the event, Reverb.com first. They not only had a bunch of cool pedals and gear to play with, but they were actually giving out free guitar tuners, and I was very grateful to receive one, so thank you, Reverb.com. And of course, our sponsor, Eargasm Earplugs, they were there. They were giving away hundreds of their high-fidelity earplugs for free, which was amazing. If you didn't get a chance to grab a pair, they're still super affordable, and you can purchase them online for 10% off with the promo code SFT10 on their website, eargasmearplugs.com. This very special 10th episode features the wonderful Ray Cole. She's a fantastic vocalist and musician, and also happens to be the older sister of my good friend Luke Colhane from Vaudeville Revival. So it was a real treat for me to get to talk to her kind of on an in-depth level about all things music. We talk about music as therapy, her experience in high school choir, her thoughts on the screamo metal music genre, collaborating with family, and her slightly crazy dog named Indy, among other things. We hear about her band's transition from being known as the Cowboy Killers to what they are now known as Calling Cadence, and the story of how their manager Dave kind of picked them up through a tough time and pushed them forward, and how he's still doing that. She also gives her remedy for a lost voice and kind of gives tips on how to maintain a healthy voice for performing. So keep a lookout. There's going to be a new album from Calling Cadence out either in late spring or early summer, and I'm sure they're going to be playing a bunch of shows to support it as well. We'll keep you updated on that. Before we get into the interview, we're going to listen to the track Enough, and then after the interview, we'll hear their track Took a Chance on Me. I've been spending life alone 
since I've seen your face Girl, I think I'm losing touch I'm living in and out these hotel rooms Where the days roll into months And so I'll sleep alone without you close said you don't really use your computer too much but obviously musicians nowadays are doing a lot of recording on their own i'm kind of curious what you do to kind of keep track of your musical ideas and stuff yeah i mean i use everything on my iphone like my life is on my iphone so everything from like gigs and rehearsals and dates and things like that go on my calendars um i write a lot of poems and those end up in my notes um, my voice recorders are chock full with like ideas. Usually I'll, you know, if I have an idea and it's like a chorus or a melody or something, I'll, I'll record it. And then if I have more ideas that kind of like that are, that start with like, if I have more ideas that kind of grow from that, I'll like add them on as separate voice recordings and just say like, like if it's, if I'm writing a song about pasta you could say like pasta and then my next recording would be pasta two pasta three pasta four and then eventually like you know I come up with the full song I I'm such a performer that I'm it's been a couple of times that I've had to record 
myself singing um, in order to send it to other people. But other than that, like it's, it's not really something I've dove into much, um, you know, doing the home recording thing. And I know most people do that nowadays and it's something I've always wanted to do, but just ended up finding other ways to make music and to do stuff rather than sending things electronically. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. So before we dig too deep into your beginnings as a musician and stuff, I just kind of was thinking about the fact that you are a gaucho, fellow UCSB alum. And Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we never talked about um, the music scene in IV, or I haven't had that conversation with you. I was kind of curious if you were involved in the music scene, if you were performing and stuff in IV. Yes, I was. I wasn't um, super creative. I mean, I wasn't extremely creative, but I was a part of the acapella group, Naked Voices, which is the the co-ed acapella group um, there. And I was in it my first year, my freshman year. And then sophomore year, I was the music director, which was really awesome and kind of helping me develop my like musical skills, especially on the piano, because I did a lot of arranging and I did a lot of like coordinating and kind of like directing people and how to sing. So, um, which a lot of it is choral based, but Mm -hmm. it was kind of a lot more technical than what I was used to beforehand. So it was, it was nice to, to be the music director that second year. And then the third year I was president. So I kind of did a a lot of acapella in college. (laughs) That's cool. Did you ever do any like open mic stuff or anything like that? Not really. Um, I was a part of a group called Medical, I think Medical Music. Um, and th- that was actually really neat. They, it was this like kind of thrown together group that went around to like old people's homes and sickly places and just performed for them. And the idea was that you could, you know, heal people with music so you know our group consisted of like a guitar player and a strings person and then like a bunch of singers and that was kind of a fun group to be in and I was only I was only in that for about a year but other than that and you know the naked voices thing that was pretty much all I did in in college nice I I love the story of that uh medical music thing I've always been super fascinated by the idea of music as, as healing and as therapy and stuff. Oh, dude, I've had this conversation with so many people recently just yeah. because, you know, music, it's like, it's, it's hilarious how like you can, it was, it's just amazing how you can be in a totally crappy mood. And then, you know, depending on what music you play, you can either ball your eyes out or you can all of a sudden pick yourself up and start to get shit done around the house. And it's just, yeah. It's so amazing the way that music just affects your mood and, you know, the way it affects your mindset too. You know, they say like a lot of healing comes from like your mindset and like, Mm -hmm. you know, old people, it's proven that they can actually live longer just through strength of will and like music can help encourage that. It's amazing. I love music so much for that, for that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself like 
in sp- any specific instances where you where you automatically have to turn on a certain song or a, or a certain type of music to get you into a certain place? Oh, of course. I mean, I use music for literally everything. I'm probably, I was thinking about this the other day, I'm probably more of a music enthusiast. I mean, I've always been a music performer, but yeah. I'm very much also a music enthusiast in that I am so obsessed with so many types of music and... I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause I think it kind of wove into my indecisiveness of like, I don't really know what John, like I'm, I'm, I mean, we can talk about this later, but I'm, I've been at a kind of like a crossroads of like, I don't really know what genre to go into next because I like so many different genres. Like, I mean, I listen to classical music. I listen to hip hop. I listen to R and B. I listen to country music. I listen to pop music, rock music, like every single type of genre I I will listen to. And it affects me in different ways. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm obsessed with music, singing and listening to it. (laughs) Uh That begs the question, uh, is there any kind of music you don't like? I really don't like screamo metal music. It's the only thing I just, I can't, I can kind of appreciate it and understand that like metal musicians and are like, you know, they say they're like similar to like jazz musicians and that everything's super intricate and there's so much put into it and it's just extremely fast and extremely aggressive and apparently people like it so it does its job as affecting people in a certain way i just i i do not like listening to it like to me i don't get it but you know whatever people will like what they like <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think that'll upset too many people <laughs> definitely like a niche group who are really into that stuff yeah but dude i mean i've had people i a couple years ago i had this guy that wanted me to sing and be like the singer on his metal album and i was Damn. like it was the first time and the only time in my life well one of the very few times in my life that i i just told him i was like i can't do this i was like <laughs> i want to but i was like i i feel like you need someone that really likes or doesn't even really like, just at least enjoys it. And it's like, I can't even enjoy listening to this stuff, let alone yeah. to sing to it, you know? So that didn't work out. <laughs> In that process, did you ever like, I mean, leading up till until you said no to him, did you try, you know, singing in the shower or something, some no. metal stuff? He, we did like a cover of like a really, it wasn't even a metal song. It was like a super low key metal song. Um, you can actually find it on YouTube. Ooh, deep um, cuts. I know. It's like literally, oh my God, I don't even know. It's called Messages. It's by, I think their name is Velvet Underground. Ooh, I might be wrong there. But it's like, it's like a super, it's not even metal. It's like basically okay. hard rock. And it was kind of like a ballad. And we did that together. And it's like, basically this whole song is like his electric guitar. And then my super monotone vocals. And like... We tried that out and I was already kind of like, eh. And then like right after yeah. he was like, oh, you should do my whole album. And I was like, yeah, I can't. I can't. Nah. I can't do that. that was like hard enough for me. I can't imagine yeah. like this super like. Like, no, I can't. Yeah. And I don't I don't understand how people perform that music on a regular basis. 
No, just, dude. And you know what's so funny? I I meet so like I've met so many crazy metal musicians, like singers, that like when you meet them, they're like super quiet and they like don't talk to anybody. And I'm like, this is how you can do this on a regular basis. <laughs> they're they're saving it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird life, dude. Those screamo yeah. musicians, I don't get it at all. I have a lot of screamo musician friends, so I really hope they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they all hate you now. Oh, I love you all. <laughs> okay, so we, we kind of started in the middle with like your, your college experience with music, at least. I definitely like to, I mean, I know your family obviously is, is musical, and so I want to hear some more background on just how you grew up with music and like what your thoughts were growing up about the type of music you were listening to and what you like to play and kind of your journey as like a child with music. Um, yeah. So, uh, my, I mean, starting way back, my parents met in choir and so that was kind of like that's kind of the story we start with being like oh we were born to be musicians you know me and my brother and sister growing up because our parents met in choir they you know my mom played piano we weren't around music too much when we were growing up um from what I'm told it was like the moment I could speak, I was singing. So my parents immediately started putting me into performing groups. Um, I think I was in a performing group when I was like three or four or something crazy young like that. Um, with a kid who's on Broadway now, which is so funny. Oh, like, I know, I know it's like so weird, but my mom always brings that up. She's like that one guy anyways. So, uh, <laughs> I was in a performing arts group thing when I was super little. Then my parents put me in piano because they kind of talked to their friends and they were told, well, if she can sing and if she has an ear and if she's hitting all the right notes, you should put her in piano. So they put me in piano. Um, I took guitar lessons when I was a little bit older. And then right before high school, my parents gave me the choice of, okay, well, you know, you want to sing. Do you want to do like singing and performing in musical theater or would you rather do sports? And I chose musical theater. So that was like seventh grade that I did that. And mm -hmm. from then through high school, I was just doing musical theater and I did like so much musical theater. I went to a musical theater high school. Um, I was around so many different like performing arts groups. Um, I, so I, I went to two different high schools. I went to a regular academic high school, Edison High. And then after school, I would drive across Huntington and go to APA, which is Academy for the Performing Arts. Yeah. Um, for musical theater. And then, so I was, you know, taking all the musical theater classes, dance classes, music, all that stuff over there. And then during normal school hours, I would go to like jazz club, choir class, the like fancy choir class that my normal high school offered as well. And actually like as much as APA, like the, you know, the Academy for the Performing Arts, as much as they were very prestigious, the, uh, I mean, most of my ed best education came from my, uh, my other high school teacher, um, my choir teacher. I mean, I, I credit him to knowing how to sight read, to knowing harmony so well, to know, to knowing, you know, how to sing and how to blend 
most of my skills today definitely came from actually Edison <laughs> rather wow. than APA. Well, I mean, APA, you know, APA gave me a chance to perform and it definitely put me into a level that like, I, the experience was worth it, but I definitely credit my choir teacher from the other yeah. school for kind of giving me my skills that I use today. Yeah. Well, that's like not so much a, a bad thing for the art school, but really kind of encouraging to hear about Edison as like a public school that they had such a good teacher for you there. Yeah, you know. dude. I mean, I like, and even like my brother Luke, which I know obviously you're close with, but like mm-hmm. he always, it's so funny because he agrees with me. Like that choir teacher at Edison was like so encouraging and he was like kind of strict, but it's that he gave kids the opportunity to learn and like if you if you paid attention and if you cared about it he like and and granted you know during high school I was kind of like screw this guy like he's just a teacher that's like bossing us around but at the end of the day like I am so thankful I had him because I remember my first day at like okay so APA had this like really high-end like performing arts group called uh Surf City Singers that like performed around the city and they got like paid to like sing on yachts and stuff. Anyways, they only let like the, the top level kids at the high school join this performing group. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first day at this performing group art, like performing group, surf city singers. And I was late cause I was coming from medicine and I like roll in there and they just hand me a sheet music and they were like, well, since you're late, you can sing it. And they like just gave me it, gave me the first note and I sang it through perfectly cause I could sight read And I knew harmony that well. And I remember everyone looking at me and being like, what the heck? Like, I, I, I remember being so proud when I sat down because I was like, I'm not even the kid that goes to this high school. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Crawl from Edison High School. (laughs) There you go. Shout out. Yeah. That's awesome. So would you credit him or your time during high school, kind of this learning period as the time you decided to pursue music as a career or did that come earlier or later? I mean, so that was a trip for me because I did not know what I wanted to do in high school. I thought I wanted to be everything. Like at one point I wanted to be a marine biologist. I've thought about being a vet. I thought about going into and being like a reporter and like, and news. And I just, I could not decide. And eventually like when it was time to apply for colleges, uh, kind of last minute, I was like, you know what, I'll apply for music. So I started like super quickly getting all my stuff together and applying for things. Um, in hindsight, I probably should have applied earlier. I mean, I could have done like some bigger schools like Berkeley or like, like Berkeley school of music or like, Juilliard or something because we had originally talked about that me and my choir teacher for medicine yeah who was kind of like helping me apply for these things um but I ended up getting into the music program at Santa Cruz San Francisco State and UCSB um but I ended up choosing UCSB and like the first (laughs) week of classes I remember like 
like going in and seeing how competitive all the girls were and how classical the program was. And I was like, yeah, I really don't want to do this. So I like dropped out of the music program and ended up doing communications instead in college while doing, I mean, acapella as well. And that ended up being really cool. Um, but yeah, I, it was weird because I kind of kept on going back and forth, not really knowing what I wanted to do. I wanted security in my life at the time. I thought it was the right thing to do. You know, if I'm going to a university, I should do something more academic rather than music. Um, so I ended up doing, you know, the academic side rather than the music thing, which, you know, doesn't matter nowadays because now I'm doing music. <laughs> but, <laughs> At least it was, you know, it was a good experience nonetheless. College was great. I'm grateful for it. I got yeah. through Naked Voices in acapella. So my music wasn't, you know, my music life wasn't killed. And who knows, had I gone into music as my major, maybe I would have been burnt out or maybe I would have eventually yeah. decided it wouldn't, wasn't my thing. Maybe the fact that I did wait until a little later in life kind of gave me the you know, encouragement to actually go through with it as a career. Who knows? Yeah. No, that's a super good point. I always think about that myself. Just when talking to any musician, it's kind of funny. People come to it at different points in their life and from different angles and different backgrounds. And you never really know what would have been different if you had done something earlier or later. Yeah. I mean, dude, one of my best friends from high school was, she's an amazing singer and she went to a music conservatory right out of high school and then like went there for four years, did like nothing with her major and then went and got her master's in like psychology. And now she's like not doing it anymore. And I haven't talked to her. Like, I don't know what, happened or what she you know <laughs> decided to do but like yeah I think about that all the time I'm like you know maybe what if I did go into music and then just decide after a couple of years that it wasn't for me and like whereas now I'm actually like things are actually happening for me and maybe it was it was a good thing that I waited I don't know who knows can't change the past <laughs> very true always true I mean you kind of mentioned just how a lot of people who start early And even people who don't start early, I find a lot of musicians do kind of burn out and do get exhausted. And I mean, there's so much frustration and and hard work that goes unnoticed. And do you ever have those emotions? You know, how how often do you feel kind of like more despair about being a musician versus the good stuff? I mean, oh, my gosh. There's so many nerve wracking moments. I just, there's a lot of moments where you feel like you're not doing enough. And, you know, I live by myself in an apartment in Santa Monica and like with my dog. And so, you know, I have to make money. So I'm working a bunch doing something I don't want to do for the rest of my life. But it's stressful to see people, especially like on social media and stuff who have more free time, who like can do stuff. And like, you know, you compare yourself to them and you think I should be doing more. Uh, For instance, I have a perfect story. I have a really good friend of mine that is like, he, I feel like he does so much. He plays, he's a drummer and he plays in like three bands and he's always, you know, getting gigs and whatever, but he's a bartender at like, Mm -hmm. I think BJ's. 
And he was telling me, and this is a kid that I look up to, that I compare myself to as like, oh, you know, I should be more like this guy. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me one day, he was like, man, I'm just having so much anxiety. Like, I feel like this, this, um, this career path isn't for me because I'm not doing enough. And I was like, Dude, I was Dude. like, if you don't, if you feel that way, then like, what the hell am I doing? Because like, I, you know, and other people are looking at me and thinking the same thing. So it's, yeah. it's, it's like, there are like pretty much your entire life is just, and unless you're like stuck in like a room with a bunch of musicians having a good time creating stuff, or even if you're like by yourself having a good time creating unless you're in that moment, pretty much every other moment, you're like concerned that at least for me, maybe it's my anxious, like constant, you know, anxiety going on. But like every other moment of my life, if I'm thinking about music, it's like stress because I'm like, Oh, what am I like? What should I be doing differently? I should be doing more. Like, what can I be doing right now? And it's, it's kind of like a constant drive to be doing better, but it's also kind of it's hectic and it's, I, you know, you dream of the day that like something happens where you can be a little stable or a little settled for like a moment, you know, making enough money to where you can be performing all the time and you can be happy doing that for like a set amount of time. But I guess that's, you know, that's the career we're in is that like, or that the career I'm in is yeah. that, you know, like, it's just never going to stop. <laughs> You're always yeah. researching for the next, the next gig, the next project, the next song, you know? Yeah. No, it's kind of funny. Cause I feel like you said both, both things I was thinking was just that you're, you're waiting for that, you know, that place that you can reach where you've got stable money and you could perform as much as you want to perform and you have time to be creative. But also you think about the fact that you'll probably never be satisfied because that's just the nature of the work is if you're going to work in with creative stuff, like you're always going to be thinking about the next thing. Yeah, dude. I have, um, I was talking to another musician friend of mine recently and I was like, Oh, I just feel like, you know, I'm trying to like do as much as possible. And, uh, there was a point a couple months ago where I was just so freaking busy, but it was like, I was doing a lot of music and I had a lot of gigs and it was great. And I was doing multiple different projects and, you know, things were going really well and I was happy. And my friend was like, yeah, dude, he's like, you just got to keep that going. He's like, you got to make sure that you have no time to breathe because (laughs) if you fill up every ounce of your time with something with music, then something will stick. But he's like you and this, I mean, this guy was someone that had pretty much given up because he just didn't want to deal with the industry anymore. And like, he didn't want to deal with it anymore. So he, you know, he is now working at a restaurant, but he was, that was his thing was like, if you like this, then you just got to make sure you have to like constantly stay busy because otherwise you know, you slow down and then you, it, to get that pace back up, it takes a while, you know? Yeah. So the big question, we'll just get to it now is, is why do it? What about this life and this process and making music makes you happy? Like what, what's the point of doing it in the first place? So my favorite like moment ever, one of my favorite moments ever was when I, so I'm in a band. 
obviously. And, um, we, when we first like, you know, got our shit together and like, I had just joined the band and we had done a bunch of rehearsals and we, we had this like showcase that we performed for all of these, like kind of like semi-important producers and like, you know, rich people and in a fancy part of LA (laughs) in this massive giant house. And it was like our first performance as like a a threesome because they were a duo before I joined and we performed and it was like, it was like for a moment, like I had made it like, it was like, like we had made it like there was, I could like, you could hear a pin drop when we started singing because we sing in three part harmony. You could hear a pin drop at the end, like at certain points when, of the song when I feel excitement to be singing them because they just move me so much. You could hear other people in the crowd just be like, <gasps> and like it that I remember being so happy at that moment. And then after the show, when we went outside to like talk to everybody, you know, my friends were trying to talk to me and I had a crowd of people around me just trying to meet me and talk to me. And it was like, it's, it's not about the fame. It's about, moving people in a way that like singing moves me. And if I can perform and like create that excitement over something that I'm like making on stage, like there's nothing else in the world that is better than that. Like there's, it just puts you on a high that you just is, is so magical. And it it's happened, you know, I feel this high every single time I perform, but that show was like the greatest, like I felt for a moment, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like this yeah, is insane. Like, that moment. It's just, and like I said, it's happened a couple, like I've, I have it almost every, I have it every time I perform, every time I perform, I have a, there's a high that you hit, but like, I will never forget that show because that was like, Oh my God, this is like literally what I want to do. And you know, being a musician, like, I hope that that's not the only time I get to feel that intense high, you know, like I, I want to chase that again and again and again and again and again. And that's why you put yourself through this like horrible waiting period where you're like, I don't really know what's going to happen next. I guess (laughs) I'm just going to keep on going until the, you know, until I find that drug again. And then, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's magic. It's like when, when that moment happens, it's like, there's, it makes so much sense. It's just, you kind of have to trust yourself that that feeling is like there, you know, in the in-between times. Totally. That is a very great way of putting it and a great story. I am emotionally stirred just hearing about it. (laughs) Um, that's really cool. It was crazy. It was like, yeah, it was, it was, I, I, I could not believe that that was, that was our first show as like a group and people were just like, Mar. and I'm, I saw videos of myself on stage and it was like, I don't even, I don't even remember what I was thinking. I just remember being so happy and like, we looked great. We sounded great. Like it was, it was just, ugh. it'll happen again. It'll happen again. It won't be the last time. Yeah. You know, if it happened once. It could happen again and it could be bigger the next time. So that's why I do what I do. <laughs> that's such a funny way to start as a band 
on such a high because you're like, wow, the potential. Obviously, the the best part about it is like you know the potential is there right away. Yeah. For big and great things, but it's also intimidating to be like, okay, let's keep this up. I mean, yeah. The oh my god, I have so many stories. The second one of the a few times other okay, so the few times after that, we performed for a couple of like little low key places in LA and there was this one sorry I'm just going on a tangent but no that's what it's all about there's um there was one show we did it was like I don't know maybe a few shows after that like big one and we were performing in the Viper Room um which is like in West Hollywood and there's like the two stories you go in and then there's like the downstairs bar and then the upstairs bar and the downstairs bar we had already kind of like I mean, in a very low key sense, made a name for ourselves, like people in our circle and in our music friend group kind of, you know, they had heard of us, they'd seen videos, like they knew what kind of music we sang. Um, so like people kind of had, had heard of us already. And we, uh, we performed in the downstairs bar of the Viper room and like our manager is there. He just like to, you know, we just got this manager guy. He's like, there watching us. There was this like drunk dude who came on before us and he was like a mess. Like it was horrid. So he leaves, he like clears out the whole room. Everyone leaves. We go up there and we started singing and they had a jam on in the upstairs and out of nowhere, like, you know, two people come downstairs and they're listening to us. They, one of the person goes upstairs, they like grab a handful of other people and like one song, we filled up the whole room again, just because everyone wanted to see us. And it was like, it's, we've been, okay. So since, since we've been, we haven't performed recently because we've been in the studio so long. And I think about these stories of us performing. And I remember how like, like those moments to me are like, those are the exciting moments. You know, that's like why you do what you do or like when people show for your, for your music and they love listening to it and they're involved and they just want to like be like engulfed by your music. And like, I just, I can't wait until that happens again. I miss, I miss the shows so much. The recording is like a whole different process, but you know, the shows are like what I live for. (laughs) That's great that you're still feeling that excitement even after the whole recording process or during it at least. Yeah. Why don't you uh, give a little shout out to your band and stuff like the name and your fellow members and stuff? Yes. So um, we were a trio, but uh, now we are a duo. Um, It's uh, Oscar Bugarin and I, and he is a wonderful and okay he's pretty much the best sorry jake i know <laughs> i know jake jake marino is also an amazing guitarist but i gotta, I gotta terrible give, i gotta give love to uh to oscar this guy is like and he knows it he's like one of the world's most insane guitarists he's so good and he's gonna be so successful and i'm so grateful to be his bandmate but um he is he's my one and only bandmate um, our band is called Colleen Cadence. We were originally called the Cowboy Killers. Uh, went mm-hmm. through a name change when we, you know, moved from trio to duo. So it's been through. It's been a long process, and it's been a lot of changes in like the year and a half that I've been a part of this band. But like, you know, that's the nature of the work, I guess. And you know, everything's fluid and everything changes. But I'm really excited for this next year, and hopefully, you know. 
the world will hear of Colleen Cadence more, and I think they will. <laughs> I hope so. Well, if you don't mind me asking, was the was the move from three to two people a smooth transition or? No, it was not. Um, nah, it yeah, happens. I know it was kind of a trip, but it was a. You know, there's like disagreements that happen, and there's just. You know, you want to make sure that if you're going to sign a contract with somebody and it's, you know, five-year contract, possibly longer, that you, like, do it with someone who's, like, trustworthy or someone that, like, you get along with and that you can write well with. And, you know, you it's like a relationship. Like, you have to get along mm-hmm. with these people. Or they're like, they're, it's a, or it's like family where, like, you can disagree, but, like, you can disagree but still respect each other. And, uh there were a lot of like, I don't know. There were a lot of things that the trio itself, we, I don't know. There were a lot of issues. So uh, it was really, okay. It was kind of stressed me out a little bit because at a certain point we went from a trio to nothing. And it was like, (laughs) it was like, okay, well we just did really amazing and we're like literally killing it. And people love our music how did this happen? Like it was insane. And it was really, it was like two weeks that I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing anymore. And it was kind of stressful because it was like, we were killing it. Everything was very stressful. Well, and then everything just fell apart. And like, eventually, you know, we have this manager that is like really kind of, um, picking us up and he kind of, uh, Dave, I, I, Dave, I'm so sorry. I can't think of your last name right now. Don't kill me. But, um, yeah, he, uh, he kind of picked us up and convinced us to keep on going and was like, uh, told me and Oscar, uh, he was like, listen, I'm going to sign you. We're going to do this next week. We're going to find a third person. It'll be fine. And we were like, okay. <laughs> and you know, right. this is like a couple months later and we're almost done with the album, at least recording it. We're about to start mixing, but we, you know, we're, we're going head first into it and it's worked out so far. And I guess, you know, we're just going to figure it out from here. Yeah. On to bigger and better things, I think. Yeah. And, uh, we have Dave to thank for it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's been like, He's been pretty good at like moving us forward. Um, cause me and Oscar are definitely like, I mean, Oscar's, Oscar's like my brother. So, like, you know, when we, when we hang out, like it can turn into like a big hangout session, but yeah. it helps to have someone that kind of like can help drive us and give us deadlines and, you know, help guide us and hopefully give us bigger and better opportunities. Definitely. I mean, that's what a, a manager is for. Yeah. Glad to hear he's doing his job. Speaking of brothers, you you did a little bit of work playing shows with Luke kind of earlier, like last year, I think. I was just kind of curious to touch on that, what it was like performing with your brother, your actual brother, and kind of just what that meant to you and what the interaction was like. Yeah. So I, when I first decided I wanted to go from, so right out of college, I was working in like an office environment and I hated it. I actually, I, I worked for the music industry. I was booking travel for musicians and like mm-hmm. big musician bands hated it. I ended up 
you know, quitting and telling my parents I, I want to do music. So I started working at a bar again and then told my brother, I was like, oh, I'm starting to write music. I need someone to, to, to you know, to perform with. Um, I was like, will you just learn some of my songs and just perform a couple of shows with me? Like I'll split whatever money we get, like I'll split it with you. We didn't make a lot, but it was like, you know, I only got us gigs that we were going to get paid for. I, you know, I tried to make it worth his while because he was really hard to, <laughs> it was really hard to convince him. He like did not want to perform with me. It was kind of like at first, oh, he really? was like, well, at first he was like, yeah, sure. sounds good. You know, we get paid a little bit. It'll be great. And then like yeah. after a while he was like, no, I don't really want to do it anymore. And like, it's, I don't know. I'm, I like to sing, but you know, band leading is like, it's not second nature for me. So it was kind of like, it was hard for me to convince Luke, especially cause Luke is like, Oh, I want to do my project and I want to do yeah. all my stuff. And like, you know, I've, I felt, I felt bad sometimes. And he was really, I mean, he was also really awesome to help me out and learn all my songs and perform with me. Um, and we had a good time, you know, I convinced him to sing on stage with me. It was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's a cool little experience, even short lived. It's it's cool that you guys did that. Yeah, we even wrote a couple of songs. I think no, well he wrote me a song and then we wrote one song together. But uh yeah, I love singing with Luke. It's it's easy because I can talk to him normal. You know, it's no there's no like, oh I gotta you know, I don't have to be like, oh, watch what you say around this person because they might not understand what I'm talking about or like I don't have to think about what I'm saying. It's like, this is just Luke's like one of my best friends. Like, you know, we grew up with each other. So it's like, if I, t if I'm like, Oh, you're off key. Or I think yeah. you're wrong. No, it's not like wacky or he could be like, Oh, I don't like that chord. Use this chord. And it's, it's not, it's not weird. Well, we kind of like critique each other because we're just that close. And we yeah. also, I think we kind of sound similar. Our, our styles can match very well at certain points. Yeah. So when we sing together, it tends to sound cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm curious, you're somebody who obviously is very focused on performance and, and really enjoys the performance aspect of music. I'm wondering what you do to prepare for a show. Uh, I don't drink the night before. <laughs> okay. That's what, like some people drink a lot. Some people don't drink, you know, I'm yeah, just no, curious. Really, it depends. It depends on the show. I mean, like, so I do a lot of like, I, you know, I'll get hired for like background singing gigs here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, and for those, it really depends on who hires me, you know, like what I have to learn. Like if I know all the music, like I won't do any prep. I'll literally just like, you know, go to the rehearsal if there is even a rehearsal. But like, if I know all the songs, I won't even run through it. Like I'll wake up the day of, and maybe I'll do a couple like vocal warmups. Um, and I'll try to sleep. I'll try to sleep in because I've found like, I've gotten really, I got really sick last year and I almost could not, I could not sing. It was awful. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell what it was. It was like, I was like, you know, drinking water. I was not drinking as much. I wasn't smoking weed. It was like, I was trying to just 
preserve my voice. And for some reason I, I just kept on losing it. And I was like, dude, I couldn't tell what it was. So I started sleeping more. And it was like the one thing that I noticed made it a difference in the way that I sounded and the way that I could sing is, is that, you know, if you sleep in, it actually helps your voice. At least it helped me. So like if, if I start to feel myself coming down with something or like, you know, if I feel myself tired, vocally tired, I'll just, you know, give myself the chance to sleep in more often because for whatever reason that would just cure my voice, you know, on top of like throat coat tea and other stuff. Um, and then show days, I will drink one drink before the show, one drink during the show, if any, and then, you know, if I want to make it a crazy night, I'll drink afterwards. If not, you know, I'm done. But like, it yeah. is nice to have like a shot of whiskey or something before the show. Yeah, loosen up a bit. Oh, for sure, and especially whiskey. It's just it's the n- whiskey and wine. <laughs> Those are my alcohols. Wine is like the best to sing on. I don't know why. I love it. Um, and whiskey's just like standard. Can't go wrong yeah. with Jameson, you know. Yeah. That's cool. Well, here's a question that I kind of ask everybody. It's kind of random. We'll throw in a few just kind of fun ones. I I like to hear what is your favorite song that you have written? Oh, my God. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I like, I guess I wrote like the words to this one. But Yeah, any part. Okay, so Oscar Oscar wrote the guitar part and I wrote the words and well like we kind of like I kind of set the staple for we all worked on the words but um it's called Bartender and it's coming out on our album and I'm so excited. It's like it okay, we wrote it one night when we were a trio and we were all like literally we were like three bottles in the three of us were three bottles in <laughs> and of wine. And we yeah. were like, cause we would always write on wine. And then Oscar started playing this guitar thing. And I have a video of like us sitting there. Cause I was just trying to record whatever came out, you know, you yeah. have to record like, Oh, maybe we come up with an idea. And I just started singing these like random words and the words ended up making sense in like some weird, obscure way that I would have never thought of in a normal mindset. Like it was like, it ended up being a really cool story. And I was, it, I don't know, it kind of grew into this awesome story. Um, and I don't usually write like that. So it was kind of, it was, it was a really unique way of writing. And I, I don't know that it, it's a really cool song. It's, it turned out really cool and I'm really excited to show people when, you know, when the album's finished. Yeah. When do you think the album will come out? Well, they want to do a summer release so that we can, you know, I guess that's the best way to do it is what I'm told. But, um, I guess it's good. Cause then you, you know, you have festivals and you have tours that happen over the summer Um, so maybe like late spring, I don't really know. Um, we're, we're done recording. We just have to, you know, sit down and mix everything, uh, which I guess will take a while as well. So I don't know. The, the goal is like late spring, early summer, but obviously I'm going to keep everybody updated and I'm going to post it everywhere once we have a actual date. Of course. Cool. 
Well, what are you listening to right now? What what kind of music are you currently into? Oh, dude, everything. I don't even know. I was like thinking about it today. I don't know why I was thinking about that. But um, literally everything. I mean, Acoustic Soul is awesome. You know, can't go wrong. That's like a channel or a, I guess a playlist I'll run through. Spotify has all those like pre-made yeah. playlists. Oh my gosh, my neighbor is hacking up along. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. We get some ambiance. I like to really capture the moment. <laughs> capture the. You can hear. Yeah, you can hear what's going on next. Um, there's a band I really like, and they're actually similar to our sound of my band, Calling Cadence. They're called Wild Rivers, and I love them. They're awesome. Wild it's, Rivers, nice. Yeah, they're like. I think it's like a four or five piece band, but there's like two people that sing. There's the girl and the guy and they just do duet stuff. And I'm just every single time their songs come on, I'm like, Oh, I love them. I love the the girl, Maggie Rogers. Oh she's yeah. Great. She's great. Dude. One of, Oh, I was talking to a guy the other day. He works at the studio we're recording in and he's friends with her. And I'm like, shut oh, up. Dang. I'm like, tell her that I love her. She's yeah. I'm such a fan introduce me <laughs> yes i know she's amazing she's such a good songwriter too um let's see what else do i like there's johnny swims another band that's similar to wild rivers they're kind of like a duet duo type of thing boy and girl i think they're dating or something but they they have a lot of like good harmonies um uh, what else i'm kind of looking through my spotify I literally, I mean, I love Louis the Child. I love Louis Capaldi. Everything, dude. Solange. Oh, my God. I've been getting into, like, old Solange. So, like, dude, I've never been, like, an R&B person. And then, like, for some reason this year, it's been, like, R&B everything. Like, LMA, um, Solange. What else? I'm really bad at names. I literally just hear songs. I'm really bad at recommending people, but like literally for some reason, R and B has been like my thing. Kehlani is great. Yeah. Yeah, I like her. Oh my God. It's, it's been so, so weird, but I don't know. I love singing along with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to say, there's one fun thing I like to ask people. You've got your Spotify open already. What I like to ask what the last song you saved was. The Moon Song by Walker Burroughs. Interesting. I don't know it. Sometimes it's just random. I don't even know what it is. Oh, okay. It's like this kind of music. Can you hear it? Yeah. Like, I love that kind of stuff. I will walk at like midnight to the beach with my dog and just play that on my headphones and just like... It just feels like you're in a wo- in the woods and like listening to nothing and like watching, you know, fireflies. And, you know, when you get to the beach, you can watch the ocean waves like fall back and forth and watch yeah. the stars twinkle. And it just feels magical. Like I love acoustic stuff like that, like folky music, you know? Yeah, I get you. T- tell me a little bit about your dog. Mm-hmm. He is... Sitting right next to me. He is in love with me, and I love him too, but he is like, I am his world, 
and he is the sweetest little dog, but he's kind of a little crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a King Charles Spaniel mix of the Papillon. So, you know, he's got the loveliness and the, ch- and the you know, the cuddliness of a King Charles Spaniel and then like the crazy active barkiness of a Papillon. But like he chooses when he wants to be, which are the, you know, which one. Um, yeah. He's super social. I love him. I brought him to a party recently, like a jam party. And I like, he's so used to being held or like being next to me. And I was like, I needed to, you know, to sing at the microphone. So I like handed him off to these girls because he's great with girls. I was like, here, can you hold him? <laughs> and I like run up there to go sing. And I'm like singing and I was singing in background for this song. And I look over at him and he's just looking at me terrified. <laughs> like, why did you leave me with these people? And I'm like yeah. he's looking at me like, mom, you're so crazy. Like you do this every day. I'll perform. I'll like sing at my keyboard all the time. And he'll just, he will sit on my lap and just listen or he'll sit next to me and just watch me sing. i like, feel like I feel, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it calms him to hear me sing, but then other times I feel like he looks at me and is just like, what are you doing? You're the weirdest person. <laughs> yeah. It's probably both. Yeah. It's cute though. Yeah. He's my little child. What's his name? Indiana. Indiana, Indiana. Jones. I call him Indy. Oh, nice. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Well, we're pretty much done. Got a couple last things. Why don't you tell us all of your social medias and stuff where people can follow you and find your music? Okay. Um, So my Instagram is Catching Ray. Um, I have a SoundCloud, but it is a... It's not updated. Um... I think it's I am Ray Cole. Let me triple check that right now. Yes. Uh, so SoundCloud, I'm under I am Ray Cole. You can hear me and Luke do a cover of Wagon Wheel. Um, I do another cover of Turning Tables. Um, and then I have a few like OG originals on there too. Um, but yeah, Instagram is definitely where people can catch up with everything. And it's Catching Ray. So catching R A E. Um, and then other than that, yeah, that's pretty much all I have in terms of social media Cool. <laughs> or everything that I update is, is just Instagram and maybe the SoundCloud. Eventually, you know, our band is going to have an Instagram, but it's, it's not really solidified yet. So, you know, everyone can just find out the information through my Instagram and then eventually I'll post something about, you know, the band yeah we'll keep everybody updated yeah for sure okay and i always ask if the guest would if possible shout out another person i could potentially interview on this podcast yeah oscar oscar would be great oscar he is um again my lovely bandmate i adore him i think he's wonderful and like he's so super duper talented um but he, yeah, you can find him on his Instagram. I think it's just Oscar Bugarin, which is O-S-C-A-R-B-U-G-A-R-I-N. Um, yeah, and I'm sure he would love to talk to you. He just did another interview recently, so he's blowing up right now. <laughs> cool. I'm excited. 
Well, thank you for being on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Keep making cool shit. Thanks. I always end with a high five. Of course, we're on a voice call right now, so we can't physically high five. So here, I'm, I'm ready. One, two, three. Uh, yeah. There you go. That works that perfect. Awesome. I was hoping you would catch on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks. Look like the person that you thought I'd be. No, don't you run from me. Cause home only means something when you're close to me. So come on now, darling. Cause all I've got is time. Oh, you took a chance on me. It took a chance on me when you fell It took a chance on me, don't regret it It took a chance on me when you Have the heart you saw in me, but baby, I'm second guessing all my security. I don't know what I'm doing, but I put in my time. You took a chance of me. Chance on me when you fail.
took a chance on me Don't forget it, oh, no, baby You took a chance on me when you fell Yeah.